I'm Allie of Hocus Pocus Collector. And I'm Will of Spooky Will. And we are the Black Flame Society. We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you. While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween. Come on in and join the society. On this week's episode of the Black Flame Society, we will be discussing the history behind our favorite movie, Hocus Pocus. We have a lot of good info from, for you guys on how it started, how it came to be what it is, the filming process, after it came out, tons of great stuff. Later on, we are also going to announce the winner of the awesome giveaway from episode two, and we have some other fun Hocus Pocus and general Halloween news for you, so stay tuned. Hey, Will, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. It is Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to this weekend. Uh, so last week we released episode two for you guys. It was awesome to film. We loved talking about the merch and um, it seems like you guys loved a lot of the merch we shared with you too. So thank you for following along. And again, as I said, we're going to announce that giveaway winner in a little bit to see who can add the banner to their merchandise collection. So last week, we also came, Will came up with a great idea while we were filming live <laughs> to um, have a follower ask a question each week. And we did have some awesome questions come in. So this week, we're going to begin with um, I have joy 88. Thank you for submitting your question. Um, Thanks, it Jerry. was who is your f- yes, thank you. Who was your favorite character from Hocus Pocus? But also the caveat here, who is your least favorite character from hocus pocus oh oh that's a tough one that's a very tough one that's a tough one i love them all so much but you know will and i talked we're like we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna come to you we're gonna bring you the truth that's what we do here at the black flame (laughs) society we bring you the truth so will and i wrote down on little pieces of paper our favorite and our least favorite character. We did not do this in advance. We are just going to show each other live and talk about it. So let's just jump in, Will. Favorite character. Here's mine. I'm holding up a piece of paper. It says Winnie. And <gasps> Will, what does yours Billy. say? Mine's Billy. Although I am torn Billy. between Mary, because I do love Mary, but I think Billy's my current favorite. We chose a couple, Winnie and Billy, or a <laughs> non-couple. I mean, you know, we all know what happened there. She killed the poor man, but... <laughs> I, I love Winnie. I love her attitude, her spunk, her wit. And I mean, Bette Midler is Winnie, just perfection. Why yeah. is Billy your favorite? I mean, I know you love Mary too, but tell me about Billy. I just love him. I just think I've, when I was a kid, he terrified me. And I mean, if he came on the screen, I had to cover my eyes with like a pillow or I just, I couldn't look at him. He scared <laughs> me so much. And I'm pretty sure I had a nightmare about him at least once. Um, what you, it was the scene where he loses his head and I was like, I remember dreaming about someone losing their head and I'm sure it was Billy. Um, but just growing up, I just love him. I just love how he's like a little bit sassy. He's He helps them out and I just, I don't know, I just, I just love him. I think he's brilliant. And Doug does a really good job as well of playing Billy so I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the second film. I can't imagine anyone else doing Billy Butcherson any better. So uh, that's awesome. So let's let's do least favorite character. I wonder if we're gonna match. I wonder. Let's see. I don't think right, we let's are. hold them up. Will, who you got? <laughs> you don't think we're gonna match? Oh no! I, <laughs> I have Elijah, and what does that say? <laughs> it says "Call it man" because I don't know the kid's name. You know the kid who hits Sarah with the bag, and he's like "Call it man." Call it your country, Savage, Will. You're hating on the kid. We should have him on the podcast. Call in. Yeah. Call in and tell us. 
<laughs> well, I was thinking, like, so I can't, that's I, a great I, can't, <laughs> I can't really hate anybody because they're all really good. And even the bad characters who were meant to hate, you still love. And I was like, who is kind of so kind of tiny in the film that I can say, yeah, maybe I don't like him. And the only reason, I mean, I'm sure he's still out there somewhere and I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he just he hits one of the Sanderson sisters so that, that is my argument for why automatic he's like, x yeah <laughs> and why so is mine, elijah if yeah so elijah if uh he's at the beginning of the film the very beginning emily was just taken by sarah and it's thackeray's little friend so thackeray runs outside and he's like elijah elijah that's not good that's not a good thing so i'm sorry jason <laughs> elijah hast thou seen my sister emily and he's like no but look they conjure and you're like bro you just probably saw him steal them steal emily and you just stood there and watch and now you're like look and then then thackeray goes oh god the woods emily and elijah's there she's done for dude come on support your friend his sister was just stolen by a witch and you're like uh well we shouldn't even try just let it be so that is my case against Elijah. <laughs> Do you know, funnily enough, when I mentioned this to my other half, they actually said the same character you have. And the only reason why it's a different reason, but it's because when uh, when Fakri kind of grabs him and he's like, nay, and, the, and Elijah like turns around, <laughs> he does it... <laughs> I can't even describe where he does it. It's almost like he like flails a little bit and then he makes this noise where he's like, ah... Oh, when he turns. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. But yeah, you, ever since someone pointed it out, I can't I can't see him the same way because he kind of just... People need to watch... Everyone watch Hocus Pocus and just watch the beginning. And it's just the way he kind of turns around really, really dramatically. It just cracks me up every time. <laughs> I'm going to go watch this right when we're done. And I'm going to have another X against Elijah. I am team, not Elijah. So, guys, if you t- tune in, definitely let us know um, in the comments on our post. We would love to know who your favorite and least favorite character is. And definitely, please continue to submit questions. There are so many things we could talk about here. But we love hearing from you guys. We want to know exactly what you want to hear, even if it's why we hate poor Elijah. So, please, tune in. Give us those questions. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. Oh, and someone else as well last week. Um that we should mention is the when we did the merchandise someone actually mentioned the figures that are coming out late this year which we never actually mentioned in our last merchandise podcast and they're they're out in september october time so thank you to someone for reminding us about those because i actually forgot about those ones even though i've pre-ordered them yes the neca figures the neca i'm not sure if i'm saying that right figures those are awesome we'll definitely have to cover those i'm sure there's going to be more merch coming up soon so we'll probably do another merch episode for you and drop a little of that for you so tons of stuff yeah so let's jump into it will hocus pocus released in the u.s july 16th 93 released in the uk october 29th right in time for halloween but let's go back a little further let's go to really its origins its beginning so do you want to start off tell me about david tell me how it all started so david when his kids were younger created a story and if i remember rightly i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i think didn't he Re- he, t- he was telling the story one day to his kids I think on the porch and a black cat walked by and then he got the idea for Binks from that yes. 
Um, so he created this story for his children originally, and it also appeared. I think it was published in Muppet magazine. I'm not sure what issue it was. Yes, I've tried to I find the issue. Find. Yeah, I've tried to find it, and I've uh. gone through because eBay has loads, and I've gone through them, and I like scanned all the pictures people have shared. But I don't want to buy the magazine for <laughs> it not to be the one that we're looking for. Um, but yeah, it was published in Muppet magazine. Yes. Um, and then he obviously got the idea to turn it into a script and so the original name of the film was The Halloween House and there is an image that he produced by hand in um, with ink of a well, like a spooky house which is almost kind of similar to the Denison house it, it still has kind of like the towery bits and that was the the starting logo for the film um, and then it was basically put forward to Disney. So if you want to talk about the Disney part. Sure. So he originally offered this idea to Disney in 1984. So I mean, eight years, nine years before it came out. Um, but prior to that, um, David Kirshner wrote it with Mick Garris. Uh, they wrote the screenplay together. And the original concept, they wanted to bring to Steven Spielberg, who I can't believe, I can't even imagine how different a movie it would be if Spielberg did it. I feel like it would be a lot darker. There may be some more, even though there was a lot of adult humor for a Disney film, yeah. but I feel like there might have been more of that if it was Steven Spielberg. And I think, to be honest, we're going to get into how it kind of flopped when it first came out. But if, I think if it was a Spielberg film, it may not have flopped. A lot of that, I feel like, might be due to the release date as in July, like we said. But um, if it would have been a Spielberg film, I don't know. It just could have been, a, it would be totally different. Yeah, because I think the name would have sold it as well, wouldn't it? People would be like, oh, it's Spielberg, it's got to be good. So I wonder how it would have would have fared when it went to the um, the theater so when steven uh, when david kirshner and mick garris brought it to steven spielberg they had considered it he said he loved it but he ended up turning it down um and then it went to disney and when david pitched it to disney he tells the story and one day i hope to hear it directly from him i oh, would man. love to hear how he, this actually went down in his mind but he brought in he said he wanted to make the room feel like halloween so he brought in candy corn and he brought in a vacuum to symbolize Mary's <laughs> vacuum and hung it from the ceiling. He just spewed candy out everywhere. He said when you walked into that room, it smelled and felt like Halloween. So I love that. There were leaves, everything. And he pitched Hocus Pocus. And um, it did go back and forth a little bit. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of debate. But, you know, we ended up with it. It ended up Disney bought the idea. And here we are almost 30 years later still talking about it. So that is the very origin of it. But the casting i mean there's been rumors online You've, i'm sure you guys have heard some of who almost was um so will tell us a little who <laughs> i know you know this winifred sanderson was originally written with someone in mind who was that originally her character was i'm probably going to butcher her name now but it was clarice leachman is that right Cloris Leachman. Yeah, Cloris. Yep. From what we've read online, David Kirshner actually, he, he, that was his first choice, but then when Bette Medler came in and she auditioned for the role, she made the character her own so perfectly that they knew straight away they couldn't give it to anybody else. Um, and yes. basically the rest is history. She got the role and 
Bette Midler as we know her is Winifred Sanderson. In addition to Winifred almost being played by someone else, um, Rosie O'Donnell was offered the role of Mary, which she turned down. Um, she said that she was nervous about how it would be to play a witch who ate children. She was worried what that would do for her persona and her reputation. Um, Kathy and Jimmy did say she had some similar concerns, but uh, production kind of eased that for her just by, you're not going to cut the kids up. You're not going to cook them. You're going to just suck their lives. It's fine. Everything's fine, right? <laughs> and another rumor that I've never... I've never got this confirmed. I would love to know if this is actually true, but there is a rumor that Jennifer Lopez auditioned for the role of Sarah Sanderson. Let's talk about, can you imagine how different that would have been? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like I only discovered that one recently when we were doing research for this episode, I had never actually heard of that one before, or if I had, I'd completely forgotten about it, but I just find that really odd that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know she's, she's very good at, at what she does and she probably could have played a wonderful Sarah, but I just, I just can't picture Jennifer Lopez as Sarah Sanderson. Um, I'm glad we, they went with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, I, I do love JLo's acting, but I don't know. I think it's just because we know so much about her now and we've seen her career go such a different way that I just, I can't see her as Sarah, but who knows? I mean, if there's an, if there's actually an audition out there, I would love to see oh, it. Oh yeah, I would love to see the the audition. Be, I wonder if there's anybody else as well who we don't even know about who auditioned for these roles who are potentially now really big but at the time yes. no one like no one knew who they were um so it'd be great to see some kind of um yes. audition tapes but that's if they even exist speaking of big actors who turned down the role um our favorite max dennison uh played by omri katz which i am very grateful for we love omri uh it was he was almost played by Leonardo DiCaprio. I know that's not big news to most of you guys. I hope this is blowing someone's mind though, that they <laughs> didn't know this. But, but he turned down the role for um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And um, Omri actually was sick when he inter uh, when he auditioned the first time for the movie. And he didn't get a call back. And he was like, oh, it's probably over. And um, I know that Kenny Ortega, the director of the film, went back and forth with Leonardo. And they kind of determined it wasn't going to be for him. And then they called Omri, which obviously worked out so well. We've heard in the past, Omri and Vanessa Shaw did a, uh, an audition together. And their chemistry just really flowed. So I'm very glad that happened. But again, Leonardo DiCaprio and Hocus Pocus, what? <laughs> I know, I don't think, it's the same again with the Jennifer Lopez thing, I could just, I don't think I could picture him <laughs> in the role, like, if I was, we know what Leo looked like as a child, and I just can't, I can't picture him as Max, I think they, the casting was perfect with Omri, um, I, and I did actually read in an interview recently that, um, it was an interview with uh, Kenny Ortega, whether he discussed about Leonardo DiCaprio's audition, and apparently uh, the casting team actually said to him, we have someone in mind, but you can't have him. And straight away they were like, you need to see who he is, but you can't have him because he's busy, but you need to see who he is. <laughs> so he did audition for it. Um, and according to the interview that I read with Kenny, we'll have to share some links. Um, Kenny actually said, Leo was so apologetic and he was so sincere. And he kept saying, I feel like I'm wasting your time um, with this role because he knew he was up for two other roles and he, he kept apologizing. And sure. that, I think that's when they realized that it wouldn't be, he wouldn't be getting the role anyway. And luckily they went with Omri. I mean, it all worked out for Leo. I don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> it all worked out. He's <laughs> no. killing it out right now. So, but I'm really glad it was Omri. Um, other fun casting. I'm sure I, as again, I don't think this is going to blow anyone's mind. I really hope it does though. I hope someone doesn't know this. Cause I remember when I learned this fact for the first time and I felt so sad 
sad. I felt lied to. I felt betrayed. But now knowing it, it's so fun. <laughs> Sean Murray plays human Thackeray Banks. He is the human you see at the beginning. He's the ghost you see at the end. And obviously there's CGI cats. There's real cats, all of that. The voice you hear is not Sean Murray. It is our own Jason Marsden, who is known for his voice work is incredible. He played Max Goof. He did a million other things. But when I learned that fact, I just, my brain could not put together that the voice I was hearing was not Sean Murray. It was Jason. I was, what did you think, Will? What did, like, I was just blown away. For the longest time, this was like in my teen years, I was so confused by this. And I don't know why, because it's fairly straightforward. But (laughs) when I was growing up, I always thought the voice of when he's a human is him. But when he's when he's the cat, it was Jason. And it never even clicked for the longest time that obviously it can't be because the voices would be completely different. Um, But I just I do find that crazy. And I would I also wonder when they decided to obviously dub dub him as um with jason's voice i wonder what he thought like i wonder when they were like oh unfortunately we're not going to go with the voice but you're still going to be in the film i'd love to know how he felt about it i haven't heard it from sean's perspective and i would love to but i have heard it from jason's where he said that they just decided to go with a different kind of voice they wanted more of that contempt like not contemporary where um more old-timey with the like the accent and all of that so that's why they went jason and they did it so late where the whole movie was almost already filmed and then they put jason in a sound studio and he dubbed the whole thing he said it took him a little bit obviously because he was mouthing the words while sean said them but one fun story that i do want to share that jason told at 90s con when he was doing the end scene as you guys know my favorite scene i shall always be with you when he leaned in to give emily (laughs) the kiss on the cheek one time in the sound studio jason did a big slurp so he goes and he goes i'll always be with you (laughs) jason was like we think that should be in the film i'm really glad it wasn't i just (laughs) That really, really yeah. <laughs> kind of killed the, the vibe for me. But fun fact for you. So now every time you see that film, I know every, my 90s con buddies are all thinking about that too. So <laughs> I think the last fun casting thing we have is the dog, Ralph, um, who is owned by Master and Master's wife in real life. That is Ka- That was Kathy and Jimmy's dog, just like her husband is going to be an HP2. Her dog was an HP1. So fun little fact for you in case you didn't know about Ralph. Yeah, I think that's really cool that in the sequel, there's like someone else who's part of Kathy's family. So you've got her dog in the first one, now her husband in the second one. I think that's a really nice kind of nod almost to the original one that they've not saying her husband's a dog, of course, but it's a nice, (laughs) it's a nice nod to to include somebody else in the film who, who obviously Kathy's, Kathy knows. A loved one of Kathy's will be present in all future Hocus Pocus films. (laughs) So that <laughs> that was the casting, and that's kind of how it went. That's what we know. But as Will said, there could be completely untold stories in that casting room. But I feel like the casting was perfect, so I'm very happy with everything that went down. And so then filming began. Um, it began on October 12th in 92 and lasted for five months. It filmed in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, the costumes were inspired by each sister's personality, which I thought was really interesting. Well, I didn't know this is Will's note here that Sarah's costume was inspired by Sleeping Beauty. Mary's was inspired by a baker's uniform and Winnie. Tell us about Winnie. Who was Winnie's inspired by? Well, <clears throat> while I was looking into this, I will I will have to find the um, interview. And what we'll do is after this episode, we'll share a few of the links. So if people want to read more of these interviews, they're more than, more than welcome to uh, use our links. 
Um, so this was actually by, if I remember rightly, one of the, uh, I think it was like the head of the costume department, and she stated in an interview that this was how they um, did the characters. Whereas with Beth's character, they knew straight away that she wouldn't want to be in anything dark. She wouldn't want to be in a kind of almost a stereotypical villain witch outfit that's just black with a black hat. Um, so they decided to put something together that was very bright, very colourful, uh, lots of patterns. Um, and they suggested it to Bette Midler and she even said herself, well, yes, I'm not going to be wearing black i'm not i'm not a, like a, a, a black clove wearing witch i want it to be something obviously to bets <laughs> almost to reflect on bet's personality something that was very bright very colorful um and that's how they that's how it worked out in the end they created bet's outfit and she was pleased with it and they and it and it stuck yes and obviously that's the iconic outfit we know her for today and i'm i'm very glad they didn't just throw her in like a traditional black witch hat and cape because it wouldn't have been right the green no. all it just matches it's perfect 10 out of 10 would around that, mary voigt designed a lot of the costumes for hocus pocus and i'm sure she played a big role in working with bet to get that perfect so would recommend <laughs> yeah that's what i quite like as well about the sanderson sisters costumes is it's not a stereotypical witch outfit it's not it's not like black robes, black outfits, and it's all very dark. They did create these three witches that have quite a lot of bright colours. I had no idea about the baker's outfit, but now I look at Mary's outfit, it makes total sense. It makes sense. Because of all the front of her yeah. dress, is almost, it's almost like a tablecloth, and yeah, it makes sense now. <laughs> I love that. Um, and so that was about the costumes, but the, the scenes, the stage, as we said, they filmed in Salem, but a lot of stuff was filmed on uh, backlots, and my goodness, that Sanderson sister cottage designed by the one and only Bill Sandell himself is just a work of art. I, that was like a full functioning house that they built and they tore it down after. I don't know why that was not preserved somewhere. I would love to have it. I would have put it in my backyard. Like <laughs> what a beautiful house. Oh my goodness. So I'm so sad it's gone. I know it's a shame they never used it for um, kind of like a promotional use where they could have they could have done like a country tour where they took the house set it up in different locations people could have visited it take <laughs> take uh, pictures and then to promote the film it is a shame that they How ended cool up getting rid of it been. after the filming was finished because it is it's like the perfect house so it's a shame that it doesn't really yeah. exist anymore it's so beautiful Ugh. and um doug jones as we spoke about earlier billy butcherson um when that scene where he takes the knife he cuts his stitches open that winifred's sewn herself and he <laughs> looks at benton's wench trollop you know good etc etc um those mouths that fly out of his mouth are real moths um he had they had a special like device plastic device belt that he put in his mouth and when he cut them open they flew out but what doug told at an event i was at that i didn't know was that moths have to be kept very dry very dry to stay oh. alive so they had like the animal protectors on site for this the moths had protection from like the aspca like they had representation which i, I thought was <laughs> awesome good for the moths and so the, they, they took two takes the first take they did uh, apparently some moisture had gotten on the moths and so doug opens his mouth goes to spit out and they just blah, blah, blah. they died <laughs> they were dead so aspca oh. was not happy <laughs> Poor little guys. The second time around, they got it right. He opens his mouth, the dust, the dirt, and the moths fly out, which, how cool is that? Like, you know today that would be done by CGI, but to have that done with real moths, real dirt, Doug, you're just out there killing it. How cool is that? I love that fact. Yeah, I think that's really cool, because it makes me wonder as well if there's any other films <clears throat> that we're not aware of where they've done similar things. 
um, and use kind of yes. these things to put other things in people's mouths. But yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, and like you said, just nowadays it would be it would be moths again. And it also makes me wonder if in the sequel, if Billy's been asleep for the last twenty nine years, I wonder if he's going to have mm -hmm. another. Obviously, his mouth's not stitched up anymore. But if he's been asleep for this long, then who knows what's going to his mouth when he's been asleep oh, for twenty nine years? Oh I wonder my. if we're going to have a moth experience again in the sequel. <laughs> I didn't even process that nobody re-sewed his mouth that we're aware of. Can you imagine that she went back after and sewed it just so he couldn't <laughs> tell the secrets? But I didn't even think of that. Good point. A lot to think about. But yeah, I mean, oh, spiders, rats. Oh. So Sarah Sanderson, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, obviously, um, loved flying. That was her thing. She said she loved the experience. Of, she loved being on the broom. So when she was practicing like her lines, she would stay harnessed in on the broom and just hang out up there. So how cool would that have been to walk on set and you look up and see SJP just floating around reading her lines, <laughs> practicing? I would, um, I would actually really want to know what that feels like just to be hanging on some kind of harness. Yes. Because I imagine it's, I actually, I know she, she said it was quite relaxing. I imagine it is quite relaxing. So maybe one day we'll have to book somewhere that does indoor flying stuff and just hang around for a little bit. Come take a flight with the Black Flame Society. We're going to go fly around <laughs> together. I get the vacuum, dibs on the vacuum. <laughs> But Sarah Jessica Parker also was directly connected to the Salem witch trials. Her um, 10th great-grandmother uh, was arrested in Salem in the 1600s for conducting witchcraft. So she had a direct connection, which I think, I wonder how much that actually influenced her. Because at the end of the day, this movie was about witches. But we also know the, the sad history of the Salem witch trials, which I'm sure we'll talk about in another episode just more in-depthly. But I mean, people were accused of something that they did not do and died for it. So Disney had to be very careful with the way they were representing it to make it a lighthearted, fun film about witches, but at the same time still honoring some of that history. Yeah, because I think she didn't find out that she was directly linked to the witch trials it was years after the film had been released wasn't it so i wonder if she's taken into account that uh, family history now like playing sarah once again i wonder if that's affected her role any any differently than the previous like the original film i do wonder that's i thought i just assumed it was during or before but now knowing it's after i wonder how if they'll incorporate that at all just because it obviously is her true past so that should be interesting yeah, because I think it was on an episode of... I could be wrong, because I'm sure... It, I don't think it was shown in the UK, but was there a show called um, Who Do You Think You Are? Or Do You Know Who You Are? Or something like that. And they would go through family histories, and it was kind of every week they'd have a different celebrity they would look into, and they'd showcase the yes. history of who it was. And that, it was that episode where she discovered she was linked to the Salem Witch Trials. So that, I'm sure the episode's probably still online somewhere if anybody wanted to watch it. Yeah, we'll have to pull that up and see what she said. I'd love to see it. And so the other thing that we, I think we briefly touched on when we were talking about uh, Sean and Jason being Binks, we, there were real cats, there were CGI. This was the first time CGI was really used in this capacity to make an animal talk. So groundbreaking. Um, they were actually nominated for an Oscar for this. I have one of an old press kit that was released uh, for, I believe it was for graphics or something along that line where they could have they they did not make it to the full nomination process they were one of seven that were considered um but the work that was done was so amazing it's really beautiful to watch and know that it's 93 92 they were filming this that they were able to make a cat talk like that yeah even now um with how cgi's progressed over the years 
when you watch Hocus Pocus now, and even if you watch early DVDs, early VHS, where the definition hasn't been increased uh, massively, the effects are still really good. They still hold, hold up really well nearly 30 years later. And I think even if, they, if Hocus Pocus came out now, there's not much more that they probably could have done in terms of CGI, apart from making Binks entirely CGI, because a lot of the scenes it was just Binks' head on a real cat. I honestly don't think there would be much difference in terms of what we saw then and what we see today. Yeah, I think they did a great job with it, and I just pulled it up. Um, they were almost nominated for an Academy Award for visual effects. Um, they unfortunately did not make it to the next stage, which, like, I'm against that. They did such a great job, but Nightmare Before Christmas did make it, and Jurassic Park won. So, I mean, like, what a year for films, 93 was, looking back. You can't, yeah. I can't complain about them losing to Jurassic Park. What a piece. <laughs> That's quite a tough one to go up against. Yeah, I mean, look at it. We're, we're on our sixth Jurassic Park coming out this year. We're just coming to HP2, but we're coming around. We'll get there. <laughs> so then the film was released. It was released, as we said, uh, July 16th in the US and October 29th in the UK. Um, it grossed just over $39 million, but it was considered a flop. Um, as we said, it was released in July. And the reason that was done, as I just spoke about Nightmare, uh, Disney was also releasing Nightmare Before Christmas that year and they did not want to compete with their own Halloween movie so they said hey let's do Hocus in July Nightmare in October September whenever that was so the business decision there I feel like now if a Halloween movie was released in the summer people would go nuts Our, we're celebrating halfway to Halloween right now we're filming this on April 29th we're almost there and we're Disney just did a lot of stuff online announcing things and we're just we're thrilled for it because we love Halloween all year round but 30 years ago not a huge thing well I also read as well that apparently one of the reasons why they also um, released it in July I'm not sure if this tr this is true um, I did try and look into it, but I couldn't find much about it. But Disney wanted to um, make use of all the, the school kids that were off school for the summer. So they hoped that okay. because everyone was off school, that more kids would go to the theatre to watch Hocus Pocus. But obviously they didn't. And if they did, it was just a small, a small yeah. amount of people who did go. And then I also find it crazy that if you look at Disney today and then what they were back then... If Disney put two two of their own films up against each other, it probably wouldn't be an issue. They would just go for it because they know people would just probably still watch both anyway. Whereas back then they were cautious about competing against themselves, worried that one would flop and the other one would do well or both of them would flop. Whereas nowadays you, the Marvel films seem to be out every like fortnight. There'll be every two weeks there's another Marvel film out. <laughs> I agree. I don't think it would be an issue. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw two Halloween Disney films or any type of similar film come out at the same time. They, they know what they're doing. So, and one yeah. thing that we didn't hit on that I really want to was Kenny Ortega, the director of Hocus Pocus, who unfortunately is not coming back for HP2, but we do have a great team with Adam and Anne. I'm not worried, um, but just Kenny Ortega. So when he was brought in, there was no musical number in Hocus Pocus other than Sarah's song, but there was no big skit big show so he brought in i put a spell on you uh, originally by screaming jay hawkins and they put some twists on it uh the words changed a bit the she's vicious and of all the witches working i'm the worst but can you imagine hocus pocus without that number i can't so i'm so grateful for kenny for doing that yeah yeah i I can't imagine Hocus Pocus without any musical numbers, even if they say if there was, you know how sometimes when it was shown on TV, especially in the past, they would cut various scenes out. If they cut out the musical mm -hmm. numbers for unknown reasons, 
I just can't imagine it without music, which is why I'm also really pleased that they've they've still gone with that for the second film and we've got musical numbers that we can look forward to with the second film as well. Yes, without saying much, there will be musical numbers in HP2 that I'm very excited to see. I am, I just know that they are going to do an amazing job with those, so I'm very excited to see them back on stage together again. Yeah, Remy, I cannot wait. So I think that's our wrap-up of kind of the main Hocus Pocus history. We're going to do another episode jumping into some other stuff next time, kind of adaptations that were talked about but never made and kind of the way we got to Hocus Pocus 2, kind of everything post-release. But this was just your base. So now you have all this fun knowledge. We think it's fun, at least, um, to know about Hocus Pocus. Share it with your friends. You'll be the star of the (laughs) Halloween party. You'll know it all. (laughs) Actually, Will... I just forgot. We're going to say one more thing. We, as we said, Hocus Pocus was a flop um, when it came out. Obviously, it's not now. I would never think it was a flop, but it was referred to as a flop. And Will did some research and found some original reviews that came out at different times. One was right when the movie came out. One was a few years later discussing a critic's view of Hocus Pocus. Will, please read these reviews to me and please (laughs) tell me what people thought. Okay, um, I'll read... I'll read about four of these reviews. So, Ty (laughs) Burr from Entertainment Weekly said, It's acceptable, scary, silly kid fodder that adults will find only mildly insulting, unless they're Bette Midler fans, in which case it's depressing as hell. And that was from July 16th, 1993. And he gave it a C- score. Minus. And just for full clarity and transparency with you guys, we have reached out to anyone who is still alive who gave these reviews to ask if their opinion has changed. We have not heard back from them. If we do, we will definitely let you know. Maybe it didn't. Maybe their opinion is the same. We disagree. But well, please, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is from Roger Ebert, or Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times. He said... Watching the movie is like attending a party you weren't invited to and where you don't know anybody and they're all in on the joke but won't explain it to you. And he gave it one out of four. One. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So then Chris Hicks from the Deseret News. Deseret News, I think that's right. He stated, Unfortunately, all their hammy mugging makes the Free Stooges seem downright subtle. Oh, uh, this is the best one, okay? The best for last. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) This one is from Deson Deson Thompson. In the not-too-distant future, um, look for Hocus Pocus in the rental store bins or as part of a Halloween trick-or-treat package, free bags of candies with Hocus Pocus for $5.95. And that was Desson Thompson from the Washington Post. Desson, here we are, 30 years later, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we are buying the Blu-rays. We are out there. If anyone's giving away copies of Hocus Pocus for free with candy, send them my way. But yeah. not. I just, I think it's, I think it's so funny that it came out to such bad reviews and nothing about the no, the, cha- the film was not changed in the past 30 years they did not re-release it they did not change anything we are seeing the original that got these bad reviews and we love it and we are will we're not the only ones who love it there are millions of other people out there yeah and it's clear they were wrong because look at like you just said look where we are now <laughs> if this is what they thought back then they would obviously they were wrong and we've the fans it was the fans that made this film so it just goes to show reviews aren't always right and you shouldn't 
shouldn't always focus. I know like, there are some people who will strictly stick to what a film says about its from the review, where, like I've just said, these are all wrong. So <laughs> I'm glad it's what yes, it is today. We, we think they're definitely wrong. But as, <laughs> as we said, if these people reach back out to us, we will gladly share their opinion. As I said earlier, we're an honest podcast. We're truth tellers. So, but yeah. we think you're wrong. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> So some Hocus Pocus 2 news. As we said last week, we're going to add that to every episode for you guys just to keep you in the loop on what's been going on. So um, Hocus Pocus 2 is fully filmed. They are done. It is on the editing table. Um, Today, we're going to talk to you a little bit about filming locations where they filmed because obviously it is set in Salem. And we talked about with HP1, it was filmed in Salem, but also on some back lots in LA. Um, Hocus Pocus 2 was exclusively filmed in Rhode Island. Um, My name I'm from Connecticut, so not too far away. Um, they filmed in Lincoln, Rhode Island for some flashback scenes where they kind of recreated something that kind of looks like Pioneer Village almost in Salem. Old timey houses, that sort of stuff. Um, Newport, Rhode Island, they used the big green there to mimic Salem, and that's where they do the Salem Scarefest on the green. A performance took place there, and they recreated the Sanderson Cottage. Well, it was back. I saw it. It was so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because you took a trip, didn't you, to go and see see as many of the sites as possible? Cause I did. I, I noticed in the um, like the Pioneer Village set there that looks a bit like the Pioneer. They it looks like they've actually recreated the Witch House that's in Salem as well. It just looks fresher because obviously it's it's three hundred years ago. Um, so I'm really curious to see what how these scenes play out. Yes, it was beautiful to see in person. I got to the Pioneer Village recreation over in Lincoln while it was still fresh. They had not fully filmed there yet. So it was beautiful to see it in person. I actually went twice. We drove by once that day. They were actually filming, so you could not get there. But um, it is in a park, Chase Farms. And um, it's a lot of people walk there. They take their dogs. And so the second time we went, you could go. And obviously, they, couldn't, they wouldn't let me go up to the houses, no matter how much I begged security. But... <laughs> they did indeed let you take photos so um it was very cool to see and then when we went to newport they um i we had missed the big filming and they were kind of already taking things down so it was very sad to see the sanderson cottage again being torn down but the water wheel was there i just at that point i was like if no one is stopping me i'm gonna go sit on this stuff so i went over i sat <laughs> on the steps of the sanderson cottage i sat with the water wheel took selfies i was like this is a once in a lifetime i'm gonna regret it if i don't and it was just sitting there no one was guarding it i didn't steal anything settle down so. <laughs> <laughs> you say that awesome. now you'll get to what november and you'll be like oh so i got this original water wheel <laughs> <laughs> i took the full water wheel with me home it's now attached to my house come see it <laughs> i wish oh my goodness i do wonder beautiful. though with <laughs> with the salem scare uh, set um from the pictures we've seen online that are everywhere the Sanderson sisters' house is only the bottom floor, isn't it? There's no second story to the building. Um, so I'm assuming they're going to fill that in with CGI. But um, it actually makes me wonder, in the original film, the witch museum, the Sanderson sisters' house, seems quite far out. It seems a little bit out of the way. It's amongst all these trees. So I have two theories. Either in the sequel they've developed around the Sanderson sisters' house, because obviously from what we can see from this scarefest and the fact that so many of the, the rides and stuff are Sanderson sister themed, it seems like in the sequel that the town especially is kind of built a whole event around the Sanderson sisters. So 
my two theories are, have they developed around the original Sanders sisters' house? Or is the original Sanderson sisters' house still out in the woods somewhere? And what we're seeing on the set is a stall for the um, Scarefest. And it's not actually the Sanderson sisters' house. It's just been made to look like it because it's a temporary stall for the festival. That's a lovely idea, Will. I, I have not thought. I just assumed if it was it, it was it. So now I'm wondering. Oh, you got me thinking. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I guess, but the house, whether it be a facade house, like Will is suggesting, or if it be the real one, it was repurposed for something. Uh, we will not tell you what. Keep an eye open for that. But uh, very, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how it goes. Um, but in addition to the Newport and Lincoln, um, they went up to Providence, Rhode Island, uh, not too far, to do some other shots. They filmed all of the indoor stuff at the Armory there. And um, that's when we kind of stopped getting all those behind the scenes photos and spoilers just they went inside and they were very strict about not letting us in so um but it was cool it's so cool to have it all filmed in rhode island um i've lived in new england my whole life and rhode island and salem they if the leaves were right they can make it look good (laughs) you won't know if you don't know um but i feel like i would have loved if i wonder if we're gonna see shots of the denison house or allison's at the ropes mansion or town hall i wonder if they just went no cast just kind of filming i wonder if they'll be in the film i wonder if they'll make an appearance I hope so. Maybe they were distracting us and while they were filming in Rhode Island, maybe they were doing some secret sneaky shots in Salem and we're just not aware. Because everyone obviously would be watching the sets to see (laughs) any of the cast members, but Vanessa and Omri might be back in Salem. They they could be just walking down the cobbled streets and it's been filmed and we just don't know and who knows <laughs> I would lo- that would be such a great distraction bet Kathy and Sarah are in Rhode Island no one's in Salem keep your eyes closed so yeah. we'll see so but do you think as well I have a question for you do you think yeah Salem itself currently is very popular um, not just for the witch trials but I think Hocus Pocus has made the tourism yes. for that city so big and it's because of that film do you think in 29 years time the Rhode Island locations will be as popular as the original Salem locations or do you think Salem itself is what sells like what makes it such a big draw so I think people go to Salem as we talked about in our first episode we go to Salem for many reasons but in related to Hocus Pocus it's to see those houses it's to go to the Denison house to go to Town Hall to go to the Ropes Mansion the common the school all of it and in Rhode Island nothing was left standing there's no permanent Sanderson Cottage there's no permanent thing in road uh, at Lincoln with the old timey pioneer village vibe. So there's nothing. If you went now, unfortunately, I don't think you would know Hocus Pocus 2 was filmed there. And I don't know if that was a business decision. I don't know if that's just how the film industry has changed. Um, if there are photos of permanent things there, um, I know like they used a Walgreens for something. Maybe people will flock to the Walgreens to take photos. <laughs> but I feel like since there, I. I haven't seen any iconic houses or anything that are still standing that really show what what happened in Hocus Pocus 2. So what about you, Will? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I feel like with the Salem locations, obviously, especially at Halloween, the Salem Witch Trials is such a massive thing because of Halloween that a lot of people do go there. I imagine maybe some places in Rhode Island might become a popular kind of touristy place but I can't see it being as popular as say the Denison House where if you go there in October there yes. is queues and queues and queues of people who are trying to take pictures outside the house and to stand on the steps whereas I think 
the Rhode Island locations that we are aware of, even if what was filmed there is no longer there. I imagine they might be like a, a, a sort of passing. If you're passing through, let's grab a picture. Let's take like take note while we're passing through. But I can't see it being a big kind of place where you would like I did, where I booked a big trip to Salem for a week. I, I don't think I'd book a big trip to Rhode Island just to see these locations. I agree. Um, I feel just as I said, there. We'll have to see, though. I wonder if they'll honor it in any way in Rhode Island. I wonder if there'll be a plaque or Hocus Pocus 2 was filmed here, sort of something to memorialize it. So, Oh, that'd I'm be excited. cool. Can you imagine going into the Walgreens after filming and just being like, was this was this in the scene? And just every single item on the shelves, was this in the scene? Was this in the scene? And just buying it all. <laughs> this is all mine. These are all original props, and no one will tell me otherwise. Thank you. <laughs> So as we did last time, uh, we brought you some general general Hocus Pocus. Nope. See, there we go again. My (laughs) mind is on Hocus Pocus, as always. No. We brought you some general Halloween news. Last week, it was the Spirit Halloween movie. This week, um, as we said, we are celebrating halfway to Halloween, and Disney kind of did releases all week long. There was some Hocus Pocus news. If you haven't heard, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is coming back this year, and our own Doug Jones, Billy, announced that the Sanderson sister spectacular is back so that will be awesome to see will you have not seen it in person is that correct no i nearly did Um, when i visited salem we were debating on our last day flying over to spend the weekend there and seeing it but the timing and with it it was also my first trip to america so i didn't kind of want to push it and do this weekend trip as well and then be absolutely exhausted but it is on my list of things to see at least once so that's done in orlando at the magic kingdom at walt disney world very cool show would highly recommend it if you can get down there um they also announced a few pieces of merch a cup and a cauldron that are going to be coming out so um but in addition to that mickey's not so scary coming back they also announced a new movie that will be coming out uh the haunted mansion is getting remade um they already gave us a release date March 10th, 2023. It will be back in theaters. So I gotta admit, I'm a little bitter that we have a release date for the Haunted Mansion, but we do not have a release date for Hocus Pocus 2 coming out this fall. Will, what's up? I think that's one of the first things you said to me when when they announced the Haunted Mansion. They were like, you were like, um, why's it got release date? And Hocus Pocus, what's up with that? <laughs> it is crazy that I they have... I think it's a fair question. It is. Like, I think... It is crazy that they've released the logo and the release date, and even the cast, whereas with Hocus Pocus 2, they announced it on, I think it was a Twitter live stream where they were doing, they were announcing lots of different films at the same time, and all we got was the new logo, and it was coming to Disney+, Plus. but there was no cast confirmation until a few months later, there was no details at all, whereas The Haunted Mansion, we know loads about it already, we know loads of the cast, we know the release date, it's already been filmed, um, so yeah, where's our Hocus Pocus <laughs> 2? <laughs> and i feel as we just talked about release date march that is not hot and i mean a haunted mansion doesn't have to be it's not it's not on a halloween night like hocus pocus but it is a spooky movie so i'm surprised they're going with the march release date for this maybe it's because next year october they're planning hocus pocus free or Maybe there's some big Hocus Pocus 30th anniversary event. And then they're like, oh, we can't put it in October because we've got Hocus Pocus to focus on. Well, don't start rumours. Don't start rumours. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. A couple years from now, we could be on Hocus Pocus 16. We'll have to see where that goes. <laughs> 
But circling back to the Haunted Mansion. So they have, as Will said, they announced a lot of the cast. We have Justin Simeon is directing the film and acting in the film is my beloved Rosario Dawson. We have Chase Dillon, Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, and Danny DeVito. So another all-star cast they're pulling together for this. Um, I'm very excited to see it. I think it's going to be a different take than the one we saw years back with Eddie Murphy in it. And I hope they continue to honor the ride because it is just a great piece of Disney Halloween spooky history. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed the 2002 film um I, I i found it quite funny i haven't watched it in years so obviously being younger i might have enjoyed it i'm not sure about now but i am really looking forward to it yes i think it will be i think it will be great um and i'm definitely looking as we said last time any halloween movie any spooky movie i am in so we, we will take it <laughs> yeah definitely ah, so we are coming down to the end of episode three i hope you guys learned a lot i hope this was fun for you guys if this was boring tell us if this is not what you're into <laughs> let me know but we just wanted to cover a lot of the base history where you feel like a lot of people just think it kind of showed up in 93 and flopped and there's a lot of history behind how it formed and david kirshner's original ideas how it got to where it is and we're very happy to share that with you so we did say we were going to let you know who won the giveaway so i have a live wheel i'm sharing my screen this is not pre-planned <laughs> we have everyone who entered so i am currently spinning that wheel and we're going to let you know oh it's slowing down and <laughs> da, 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 da. we had a lot of great entries but the winner is yay it's clapping <laughs> i don't know if you can hear that well the winner of the giveaway is Tara Mayhan 00. So congratulations, Yay, Tara. Congratulations. Um, will will be in contact with you. Yes, congratulations. Will and I will be in contact with you. We'll get your contact info and we'll get that shipped out as soon as possible. But remember, send a photo so we can be banner buddies. Um, this is not our last giveaway. We we will do more. Um, there will be more giveaways. So if you didn't win this one, don't be disappointed. But Thank you for joining us on that giveaway. It was very fun and we're just so grateful for all the feedback we've gotten so far. Yeah, it was so nice as well um, where we were posting pictures on the day because obviously in the last episode was, we were talking a lot about the merchandise and when we did share pictures of the merchandise, the amount of people who were interacting and people were telling us what they liked about what we had shared and there was a few people who said they had pre-ordered things and some people who were saying they didn't, they wasn't even aware of some items that we had shared. It was just really great to see such a a positive response and to also see that that you're all loving the merchandise episode and i mean there will obviously be more merchandise episodes because there's endless amounts of merchandise these days but for our first one i'm really pleased with it yes and all the links for the merchandise are in the black flame society podcast on the link tree at the bottom of our bio if you want to check anything out from last episode it is there and we also proudly want to say we hit our fifth continent with episode two we have been heard on every continent except for africa and antarctica how insane is that we're so grateful guys thank you so much i know it's it is so cool and it's nice as well because we obviously can't share it with you but we have a little map we can see and there's kind of little dots where we can see where people are listening and it's just the the dots there's just more and more dots all around the world and me and ali get so excited so 
to everyone who has listened so far thank you so much and it's just nice seeing our little maps glow in with all you listeners as well it really does make us smile so thank you and as we end episode three here episode three is done oh my goodness it time flies <laughs> with you will i could hang out all day and really guys we do talk way before we do this we talk after will and i just hang out and we hope that you can join us sometime maybe we'll do as will said we'll do an instagram live you can just hang out and talk hocus pocus with your black flame society friends yeah we were actually discussing weren't we before this episode that it's two weeks today since we accidentally uh, leaked episode one and it's just gone by so quickly so i can't believe we're on episode three already thank you guys we hope you enjoyed this one give us all your feedback as always and we hope you tune in for episode four see you later will see you later bye everyone Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call.